0: Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Accommodation Show. This week, I'm joined by the amazing Owen Loftus from Loftus Advisory. Welcome to The Accommodation Show.
1: Thank you, Bart. Great to be here.
0: It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. I'll be honest. I didn't know that today was going to be the day that we're actually recording. And you sent me an email, I said, Hey, aren't we recording? And I was like, Oh gosh, we've got to get onto it. Um, and here we are. We finally made it. So first off, thanks for the reminder. And second of all, thanks for joining us.
1: I'm, I'm super pumped for the opportunity.
0: Thank you. Look, um. For everybody in the audience that's listening, this is a really excited, exciting episode and one that I've been looking forward to recording because Owen is incredibly inspirational and he's got an incredible story that has brought him to the Accommodation Show. I saw you present at uh, the ARMA Conference, which is the Australian Revenue Management Association Conference. And there was a few things that blew me away and one of them was your your depth of knowledge Uh, you know an awful lot about managing a hotel business managing an accommodation business and you're someone that's actually walked the walk and the other thing that i'm going to tell everyone in the audience is what is great about you is that you can make a topic which might not be the most interesting, interesting and commanding audience. And I think your presentation was an hour and a half. Is that right? That's great. So, what I would love you to do is for you to introduce yourself, let everybody know kind of a bit about your experience, but just before you do, um, today we're gonna to be talking about um, profitability. But this topic is so important because over the next 12 to 24 months, maintaining profitability is going to be incredibly difficult because you're not going to have the options, the same levers that you had in the past. That means that you can't just increase the price. You can't just charge people more. Your costs have gone up. And what you're going to get today is a masterclass in terms of practical things that you can do to try to maintain profitability. But before we get into it, Owen, can you uh, let everybody know a bit about your background?
1: Sure, uh, thank you, Bart, firstly, for the introduction. very kind. Um, so my background, uh, 1993, I'm gonna go back to. Uh, some of our audience probably weren't even born uh, in 1993. <laughs> uh, I started as a porter uh, in a hotel. Uh, and it was one individual hotel in the uh, at that time Uh, by age 21 I was running my first hotel uh, Porter to running it and about 25 staff uh, within about a year and a half right place at the right time we did quite well build a second and third hotel uh, within four to five years um and the rest is history we built six hotels we had a goal to build a new hotel uh, every four years which we did built six hotels uh, and uh, i later became ceo of that hotel group called majestic hotels in south australia so we built our own hotels uh, got them up and running and uh, retained those hotels over time and the interesting thing for me was when I became CEO in 2010, was how do I achieve more profit now that I can sit in the back office and strategize? And I obsessed for 10 years about doing that. Uh, My original goal was a million dollars a year in efficiencies I had to find, and I did that for the first two years. Then it got tougher, uh, and then I was finding around about 300 to 350,000 a year. Did that right up till COVID, Finished up uh, and now consult running Loftus Business Advisory, which I've done the last year with 148 ideas to build profit in accommodation businesses. Uh, I developed that over a decade and now I share it with my clients and uh, we've generated $5 million uh, per annum in profit boosting recommendation to my clients. Best job in the world.
0: Yeah, that's incredible, and that's one of the things that I find quite confronting. Actually, is that like you have so much experience, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go back because I want to ask you about how you go from being a porter to running a hotel so quickly, and then and then and then that part of the journey. And we won't spend a lot of time on it, but I'm very curious for those of those that have followed that kind of path of that journey. But when we talk about consulting, and you know, especially oh, you've been a CEO and you've done so much how could i possibly afford a consultant to come in when we think about consultants we think about the kpmgs that are i assume incredibly expensive but i've talked to you and and i know that you're all about finding profits so the justification in terms of any costs for yourself it's kind of there regardless so
1: it's a a win-win business proposition that you offer absolutely but and thank you for bringing up the point when i When I first had the ideas, I left the hotel group with uh, no clear plan, to be honest. Uh, And then the phone kept ringing. People wanted me to help them out with their business. So I'd go and help them. And I think now what am I going to do? And the phone kept ringing. So it became clear uh, that uh, to become an advisor, I prefer to call it than a consultant. I did have my reservations Mm. because as a CEO, I was always wary of consultants. I was always of the view they overcharged and under-delivered. So when yeah. I went to the dark side and became one myself, um, my objective, and I remember my wife uh, suggesting, she said, come up with a guarantee model. And I do. So I guarantee a five to one return on my fee or I don't charge. Uh, and That's yeah. the sort of advisory that I'm comfortable with. Uh, but most importantly, that my clients feel comfortable to engage me, so give me the opportunity to find them the results. So yeah, my fee, I've got to find five to one return or greater. I average about 15 to one, uh, depends on the size of business. Um, and that's in profit boosting recommendations per annum. Uh, we get that yeah. done within a two to four week period. Um, I haven't had to refund anyone yet. So it's, um, uh, again, $5 million found it for my clients so far. And
0: that's, that's the amazing thing. I mean, you know, I don't think you have to oversell that proposition at all. It just makes a lot of sense. And I think that you're quite a pragmatic person in terms of the way that you approach things, even approaching our conversations. Um, when well, we talked a few months ago at armor, but do you think, uh, and I'm kind of stretching here a little bit, do you think that's part of getting from being a porter through to managing a hotel? Or what was that kind of, how did, how did that part happen?
1: Uh, long story short, as a porter, um, uh, towards the end of being a porter, I was called in by the owner of the property, uh, called in uh, to be let go, to be fired, because I was being accused of stealing company records. Now, what I was doing, uh, me being the why <laughs> the way I am, uh, I would catch the train to and from work. This is in Adelaide, and I would take the night audit home and study it on the way home and on the way to work. I wanted to learn the financials, uh, and here I was as a porter. Yes. Uh, I was borrowing company information to teach and develop myself. I wasn't stealing. They presumed the records never uh, returned. And understandably to them, it didn't make a whole lot of sense why I was borrowing company information. So uh, when that was discovered, um, all of a sudden I was fast-tracked from porter to front desk, uh, and then the right place at the right time. Within a year and a half, I was running my first hotel.
0: And I think that one of the best pieces of advice that I ever heard I don't know if it was um, Bezos or Musk, it definitely wasn't Musk, but one of the leaders out there said that one of the key things you're looking for in a new employee is someone that has like a natural curiosity they're curious about the business and those are the best employees that you can get because they're the ones that are gonna invest themselves in it and wanna figure things out just like you had there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And when the greatest confronting challenge uh, is either presented to you or you hear about it indirectly, put your hand up. And um, Mm. we had uh, opportunity after opportunity that everyone else would sit on their hands. Uh, I've always joked, "I, I must be a fireman and a former life because I was run towards the fire, not from it. And very few people do that, Mm -hmm. especially in business. So I didn't do it to be promoted. I just did it uh, because it was instinct. And also, if I can't see anyone else looking to put the fire out, well, I'll put it out myself. And that's presented me opportunity after opportunity through to different boards, government board, through to other uh, chairman of the Tourism Industry Council, um, South Australian Tourism Commission board through to zoo, South Australia board, all these opportunities, uh, where they had challenges with no one appropriately putting their hand up, to solve them. And I just happened to be there. Yeah. That's how I've got from Porter to running my own hotel and now doing all the different roles yeah. that I do. That's
0: fascinating because I mean, like for me, from a personal point of view, it would be so fascinating to kind of understand that journey. Cause one of the things that. I know is that uh, you know you're you're only a human being, Owen. Like as much as you know, and as much as you have lots of experience, your skill set is more about methodology of understanding how you can get to the end of a, a problem and find that solution. Even though you might not be equipped at the time to figure it out, you know that you can use skill set you've learned over time to find problems, uh, solutions to the problems.
1: Yeah, and for me, the measure is always about the greater good. Um, so if I go back to being a porter and and in uh, just one hotel, I could see problems that was affecting everyone. So I'd go about sorting those problems, even if it wasn't uh, my responsibility or within my position and uh, throughout life with my board roles and, and more broadly, and now my advisory business, I love solving problems for people and improving their condition is how I see it. Improving a business's condition, improving the condition for the people that own and operate and work within those businesses and um, uh, sometimes I wish there was someone else uh, that could see the problem (laughs) as I see it Uh, but but if I don't I'll put my hand up every time and I love helping so many different clients build their little empire as opposed to I spent 29 years building one empire. Uh, one hotel group to six hotels, $25 million a year hotel group, 180 staff. I love uh, small to medium accommodation businesses, nothing against the bigger ones, but I, I love making a big impact real quick, uh, low cost, low amount of time, uh, and big impact. And um, some of the work that I've done the past year has saved businesses. Some of it saved marriages. It's. Um, I never thought that I could do that sort of work. Being a hotelier uh, and a business person, it just it's a great honor and a privilege. Yeah,
0: incredible. I didn't expect you to say that you're saving marriages as well uh, for another episode. I take it. Uh, we'll, we'll do a different podcast. But look, um, I want to be conscious of time uh, because I know that my audience likes us to get into the meat of it as quick as possible. Give me the good stuff so that I can go and start implementing it in my business now um, uh, Profitability um, is Is a very interesting topic because there's so many different ways that we can approach profitability Um, And I'm not gonna put the words in your mouth because I know that you've got the better answer for this than I do right now and probably ever will but I uh, there's genuine concern um, out there from a lot of people about rising costs uh, due to inflation, um, staffing costs, um, all at the same time as demand uh, either stabilizing or going back to what it was a number of years ago. And you have a lot of business owners who may not be panicked right now, but might be coming into being a bit more uncertain, a bit more panicking. A lot of business owners that are starting to cut on their spending or even starting to cut out staff. Um, and there is genuine uncertainty. And I kind of equate it to those first six months of when the pandemic hit, where everyone's I was just like, what do I do? And here we are again. Uh, and I already started talking about this with um, some other hoteliers, January last year. So a while ago, a while ago, we already knew that this was coming, but now it's, you're getting the effects of it. So uh, I'd love you to talk about some of the things, some of the things that you had written down as to things that you wanted to bring to us today.
1: Sure. Well, firstly, it's just setting the scene. I... Uh, And and I know our audience is a wide range of accommodation from an Airbnb operator through to a huge international hotel. Um, So I've sort of tried to grab a little bit of a middle ground and use the example of uh, 45 rooms uh, property uh, of any type. um, And their costs on my estimation and my experience in the past year, when we talk about interest rates going up award rates superannuation general inflation insurance etc the average 45 room hotels costs have gone up $150,000 a year straight off the bottom line so if you times that by two you've got a 100 room hotel you're down 300 grand if you do nothing so what i'm really passionate about is well then what do you do to fight back to get that 150 thousand back uh, if you're a 45 room hotel, but then on top of that, not just get that money back and protect that position, then make another 150. So what I'm going to present today to the audience is five practical tips that none of this is rocket science, but five practical tips that can deliver if you're not doing all of these, and if you were a 45 room hotel, do the maths and equate. Uh, If you're half that size, well, half the figures that I'm going to go through, if you double that size, double the figures, then it will add up to 300,000 a year. It's five ideas. they are five of my 148 ideas that I've got, um, that I've developed uh, over a nearly 30-year career in hotels. So I've picked five for the audience today, and uh, shall I get into them, Bart? Oh,
0: God. I'm going to have to cut this out, aren't I? It took your breath away. <laughs> it just got to. I'm not going to cut this out. I'm not. This is staying in there, everybody. I just choked because I got excited. I just wanted to ask you so, uh, when we talk about 45 rooms and we talk about that cost of uh, rising by 150 grand and it's 45 rooms. Um, what kind of revenue, roughly, are we talking about? Is there a number that you can give me? Yeah, so uh, 45
1: rooms. of around $1.6 a year for
0: okay, 40. 40- so, yeah, so roughly about a
1: 10%, a 10%
0: rise in cost. And then, uh, so we're trying to save on that cost. And we're also trying to bring in an extra 10% profit on top of that. So uh, is a net where 300, 300 grand ahead is what we're saying.
1: Yeah, so it's a mixture of... Uh, the, the levers that we've got, no surprise, we've we got our income, we've got our expenses, we've got overall efficiencies, which come into the expenses, and then we've got our controls. So what I'm gonna focus on today is a little mix of, of each of those. But again, in the time that we got, I've grabbed five good, really good ones out of 148. And uh, yeah, if if you're not doing them all, Um, It could be a 10% upside uh, to your profitability Mm. across different areas of your business, Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Um, and now that you've said those as
0: well, my, I I got a bit of an adrenaline rush, just remembering back to your presentation and remembering these points and writing them down. So I've got my, I've actually got my notes on the side about, about these. So, all right, so let's go for it. So, um, we've got five points for today. We'll do the 175, however many another time, but let's,
1: uh, let's go, let's take the first one from the top. Sure. The first one is product. Now, running accommodation hotels, as long as I did, this is one area I ignored too often at at a very high cost. We all know when our product is not the standard. It's not equal to our competitors or it's not something we want to stay in or we see a particular item that is tired in a room, but we leave it because we want to avoid capital cost. Uh, we if we're a general manager or a hotel manager uh, will the owners approve that spend so quite often all the owners you might ask them but the owners say well no i just don't have the money at this time let's get another year or two out of it i had that that feedback consistently if you don't have the mm. product to the right standard it will cost you and it, in my experience across six hotels Uh, One of them, I've been operating for 23 years. I refurbished that two times. I should have refurbished it three times. And it cost me more not to do it as frequently as I should have uh, than uh, the reality of how often I did it. It affects you in your occupancy, and it affects you in your room rate as well. So I really encourage everyone, I do it with my clients, do an audit of your product relative to your competition and do a, an audit of your product looking at your competition and their price point versus yours. If you're not prepared to reinvest, well then you have to ensure that you're a hell of a lot cheaper uh, because your offering is nowhere of the same standard. So I would I really encourage operators to, I, I too often, uh, in large hotels are uh, uh, equally as guilty of it, too often, I think we ignore maintaining the product, product to the highest standard. So having that presenting really well, fresh, clean, contemporary, not nothing too weird and wacky, so it appeals to the masses. And then a really important tip is get professional photos so it presents really well online. Um, too often, I see clients and I see hotel groups Professional hotel groups take their own images. If it doesn't present, if you don't have a really good product it doesn't have a really good professional photo uh, put up online, you're holding back business. So that area alone, from my experience, can hold you back 10 to 20% in income, not having the right product and not presenting it well professionally online.
0: I love that. I think this is a good inflection point for people to actually go and re-examine the product because we kind of get get along and we start doing things and then going back and looking at it, going, is it still market fit? And uh, there's a few things that you said there, which I think are critical. One is uh, measure, you know, how do we measure whether A product is right or wrong. And one of the things you said is look at your competitors and the price point and where you actually sit within the market and whether you're trying to, I mean, like you can have a much cheaper product, that's absolutely fine, but you just need to be aware of where you sit in the marketplace and that you're doing the right thing. And if you are gonna put a a coat of paint onto it and if you're gonna do those things, you can also look at what your competitors are doing and then get a bit of a barometer as to what that extra profitability might be before you even invest, is that right? Absolutely,
1: and keep in mind, we've had a boom market off the back of COVID. Uh, There was a report that I saw that the average tourist was paying 19% more in 2022 for the same accommodation experience, 19% more on average uh, for the same tourism slash accommodation experience. So acknowledge we've had a boom. I think there's a lot of, well I know there's a lot of operators that have done very well. So therefore presume that they're at uh, the top of their game. They're uh, presenting it as well if not better than their competition because they've traded so well to really a point but the the market is softening. That boom is softening. Uh, people are starting to go overseas again. People's wallets and purses are starting to tighten off the back of interest rates and the cost of living. So we're going to get a reality tr- check. My view, it's happening now. And we'll get a quarter of that uh, July, August, September. And then we're operators are all of a sudden going to notice two things. How do they really trade against their competition? Are they overcharging? Should they have reinvested? But also all those costs that have gone up, all of a sudden it will become apparent because before you couldn't see it because there was so much income flowing through. But um, you're back to uh, if you reinvest in your product. Firstly, you've got depreciation, so you get to write that off over a period of time. And some of that you can accelerate, especially for smaller businesses. But the second one is your customers will stay more often and pay you more if you do it. So you get you get the money back yeah. two ways. It's to not do it costs you in, in, in many ways. And then which is a scary
0: prospect, actually, um, what you are asking people to do is potentially to invest in a business when things might be going in, in the wrong direction.
1: Yeah, so for me, the market is softening, but it's going back to normal. Uh, and th- this is where yeah. I think a lot yeah. of people are missing the point. There's a lot of people aren't recognising a boom for being a boom. They just go to, that was a really good period, but it was a boom. Uh, a softening doesn't mean that the bottom is dropping out. It, uh, the analysis that I've seen uh, is that it's sort of going back to 2019, 2018. The bulk of good businesses were very profitable through then. It's just not as profitable as we saw, A, because there's a softening in demand, B, that'll affect on pricing and occupancy, but C, our costs have gone up like never before. Interest rates Mm. uh, for many businesses come off, uh, fixed interest rates on a variable. Some are seeing it three to four times what it was. Uh, Two award rate increases over 5%, superannuation going up half a percent a year. Insurance, if you Mm. can get it, you're paying 20 to 30% more. Uh, and then all the inflationary costs um, and for a hotel, we talk utilities and other, they're 10, 20%. Our industry has been hit like no other uh, in terms of uh, demand fluctuation uh, and cost pressures. Uh, it, it's, it's a double whammy. But in saying that, and I'm an optimist, there's still enough customers around. We just got to tighten up and be uh, reinvest into our business Uh, but refocus on our business and protecting that bottom line. Uh, love it.
0: And the one thing that I did want to ask you on that and just briefly, and I apologize if this is a longer answer, you said that there was a hotel that you refurbished or redid the work on twice, but there was, you didn't do it one time and it cost you, uh, how do you know that it cost you, uh, and you know, how do you put an equation on that? In hindsight, what did you learn that we could learn
1: from? Sure. So uh, a classic, we had a property where the kitchens I knew needed to be upgraded. Uh, We'd done everything else. We'd done the lower uh, cost point areas, uh, but the kitchens we hadn't. And we measured ourselves against the market. What was the REVPAR growth for our comp set over a particular period of time? Uh, And we noticed that our rev par performance was dropping, no matter what we did with pricing to drive demand to optimize, it just wasn't working out over an extended period of time. Meanwhile, we kept getting customer reviews that our product was looking dated. And the number one thing that we hadn't addressed was a bigger ticket item being the kitchens. Uh, and kitchen benches and cupboards more specifically. There was a property built in uh, 1997, uh, and this was around 2012, 2015. So an interesting yeah. thing, I did the analysis, I went, well, what's the cost to upgrade that? Then I spoke with a valuer because I knew the last valuation that came through uh, said that Uh, The one thing holding back the valuation result, was not our performance necessarily at that point, but it could be, uh, was the dated kitchens. So I said, well, if I upgrade those kitchens and I showed the valuer, his the stone top, et cetera, I'm going to put in, how much could the valuation go up? And they said, conservatively, half a million dollars. In my head, I went, great, because the cost is $120,000. So I put that to the owner and we got our new kitchens in, uh, the value wasn't far off, increased the valuation 450000 and we spent 120000 We lifted our room rates $10 uh, and we got it. Our occupancy held, if not increased slightly. Um, so uh, looking at your customer reviews, first and foremost, understanding how your customers are actually perceiving your product or seeing your product or experiencing it against the competition. If they're saying it's dated, it's dated. Um, Have a look at your competition and uh, what are they doing? How can you economically catch up if not pass them Um, and then reinvest for performance? Uh, Really critical things. So um, now we became a bit notorious for delaying refurbishments because we're always focused on building the shiny new thing. uh, then we got more focused on organic growth. We still want to grow with what we got. We can't just focus on the new, and it, it's uh, paid dividends. Mm. Yeah, love it. Okay, let's uh let's keep moving. Uh, like I, I
0: could talk about that for ages, uh, but uh, let's get on to the other points because uh, everyone else is probably s- sitting there listening. Like, Come on,
1: get on. With sure.
0: it uh, what, what was the next one? On your next
1: list? one for me. Uh, again, it was a big learning. Uh, I thought a great area I can save is not update my website as often, uh, and it cost us dearly. Uh, I did a check one day. Our business was dropping off. I had our sales and marketing team of six full-time people. I assume they're on top of the game. Um, and then just one night, I mm. thought, I'm just going to do a Google search of my own properties with a key search term, accommodation Adelaide, and. I'm hopeful that I've seen myself on the first couple of pages on the Google search I had six hotels the first property I did a Google search on I got to page 10 and I gave up I couldn't find us page 10 yeah. I went to the next property we're on page six and, and so on uh, then I went to a friend of mine who's a web developer and I said here's this problem do I need to do paid search what do I have to do to get it back and he said when did you last upgrade your website so I said I've no idea I'll find out came back and I said it was four and a half years ago and, and he said to me Owen every two years promise you'll actually shelve your website and build a new one in that you opt you're fully reviewing it you're looking through search engine optimization all the key search terms metadata all this stuff I don't I profess to be an expert Uh, We did all of that. We did the investment uh, and bang. Um, It it took a little period of time, but then we kept jumping from uh, that one particular property. I did find us were on page 18. Then we went to page 12 and went to page eight, moved to page five, four, and it took a period of time through searches and organic for that to to increase. Mm -hmm. So are you visible? Most people are buying our product online. We don't want to be uh, visible via an an online travel agent. We want to be visible via our own website as well. So uh, at the least, I said to him, what's the longest I I should leave a website from being revamped? And he said, two and a half years. So I said, between two and two and a half years, I've got to do it. And he said, absolutely, it's a must. So I say that to all my clients. Now, it's the first question I ask, when did you last do a major overhaul or replace your website? um it's outside those two and a half years then we do a google search on all my new clients so if they're you're in sydney uh i would do accommodation sydney and then where are you do you show up or if you're in tamworth yeah oh
0: sure if you put if you put the location in and if it's not showing up then you're in big trouble right like if you just put accommodation in sydney then then i'd say that's a little bit of unfair metric or barometer because it's like you know but if you put the actual location and you're in that location and you're not coming up geez like like get on the phone to me immediately because there's an opportunity and that's what you're trying to do is you're trying to find those low hanging fruit which is what you're seeing right now and that's one of the major ones often gets overlooked and i think that one of the biggest issues is there's a massive lack of trust and knowledge because everyone's had a really rough experience building a website it's just happened to everyone um we get so many clients coming to us said oh i went with one of your competitors and they're there where we had a a terrible time and i'm like okay well you know of course and and, because it's something that we don't understand we don't know but um, it's almost like we set this up and I promise everyone we didn't set this up. We haven't talked about this particular, uh, second point, but I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, it's kind of what you were saying at the start though. If we look at the product, the photos, the photos actually come before the website. So whenever I look at a website job, I'm like, you need the photos cause I can build you the best website in the world. But if your pictures look terrible, Oh yeah, but our place isn't great. doesn't matter. You still need to get photos that, that that um, that have some sort of standard to them that they explain the story, even if it's not a great story, you still want to explain the story correctly, and people will buy it within their budget range.
1: Um,
0: you, are, you have me sold on websites before you see Yeah, and just
1: on that. So I use the example, say Tamworth, I was told the other day, which blew my mind, There's 30 hotels in Tamworth, uh, someone told me a reputable person, I would hazard a guess that under half of them, under Tamworth accommodation would show up uh, on, on the first, say, one to four pages. So, just building those key terms into the content of your website. If you haven't reviewed it sometime, quite likely that hasn't happened. Uh, but as Bart would attest, being an expert on all things websites, um, it, it's your headings, it's your metadata, it's all these different components that. Uh, it, it, I liken it to um, uh, having a shop on a prominent street on the corner versus uh, being in the outskirts of town and no one's got any visibility. If they can't see you, they can't buy you. And images sell. I keep being told by different advisors and consultants that I meet with in the game that are involved in revenue side, are involved in websites, in images, 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 high quality. Shooting a really good product is just so important. People buy us visually, so it's critically important. So I put, uh, for me, at least a 10% upside uh, from having a really good. Could be easily 20% from being visible or not. Uh, If we run that on a 45-room hotel, is 160,000 a year at least.
0: Easy. Look, and I think that's right. And the, the one other thing that you haven't covered in terms of the website, it's a little bit of a, a wider digital uh, strategy. Um, well, there's actually two things. One is generally, if your website isn't ranking, well, you're not, your overall digital strategy is incorrect because you can't just have a great website. You've got to have all the other bits and pieces working well together because it's a bit of an ecosystem because as well in the future, we won't just be relying on Google. We'll be relying on Instagram to get our people to book with us. Generally, if one is broken, then the whole strategy isn't isn't quite tied together. The other incredibly important thing that drives more revenue is a lot of people will look at you on booking.com or they'll look on the OTAs and then they'll do a secondary search and check out your website just to see what it's like because you can do more with your website you can do more branding you can have more messaging that kind of ties in you can have a chat bot which actually engages with the customer so you're building more trust and quite often when we're looking at an OTA we don't really know what we're booking we just see rooms we don't see the place and we don't see the people that are behind it and we don't really know what's going on there so this is an opportunity to build the trust and once you build that trust, then you're going to get the booking. Even if they go back to the OTA, okay, it's you're going to lose that margin, but you're still going to get more bookings, and therefore you command a, a higher uh, ADR or average daily rate. I'm going to keep okay. moving, Mister Owen, Otherwise, we'll never we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get to, to that the longest uh, combination show episode. But it's well worth it. I'm 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 loving it. So okay, so, yeah. number
1: three. Um, And this one's a bit of a, you can seem boring quite often to my clients. I go, okay, here we go. Work out what your top 10 costs are. Your top 10 costs will cover at least 80%, 85% of your total costs. Work out your 10 highest costs, and then for the past year, and then work out the increase in each of those top 10 cost areas compared to the previous 12 months. So work out your top 10 mm-hmm. work out the increase for the top 10 and the biggest increase areas attack now how do you attack it you review and you set yourself a target to find at least a five percent efficiency that could be restructuring that can be repricing slash tendering um, it can be a review of how you operate generally it might be a different strategy regarding um uh, how you procure etc etc so again i set myself a goal with our group our group costs a bit over 10 million dollars a year to run and i was trying to find a million dollars a year so 10 percent and i found it if you really focus on your top 10 i think we all pick favorites and we go i'm just going to decrease my stationary spend okay we might spend two hours on that and save 500 dollars. But I, I assure you, if you, uh, hopefully, you're not sponsored by lift companies. Bart, are you? <laughs>
0: not, no, yet. Not, okay. not yet. Okay. And probably never
1: again. Uh, <laughs> Ly- <laughs> I'll cross that off the, the Lyft list. Lift service agreements have significant margins in them. Uh, I was able to get a fifty percent saving on my lift service agreements, which uh, absolutely blew my mind. I think I shared this at the Armor uh, Conference. So. Um, identify those the biggest spend areas because you'll get a better return on effort and time by putting hours into that versus hours into very small cost centers. And uh, again, I was finding first year I found my 10%, second year I found my 10%, then it got harder. Um, and then I was finding three, 4% a year uh, thereafter. So I suggest everyone do that process and try and find 5% is the challenge that I set you uh, for a 45 room hotel. Uh, that would save you uh, around about $50,000 a year.
0: This one here, I think maybe it's just me. It's probably the most impactful because the the other parts I talk about all the time. But within our business, we don't really talk about um, saving on cost. Uh, and i like it how you've just equated the different things that you can do because i think people see cost saving as quite linear it's like you've got to either cut it or not and they might not go oh hold on a second my agreement with the electricity provider my mortgage my bank cards you know all of these different things so the costs that are there which we might not have reviewed And tacking them from that perspective of of the top ten, and then going, okay, do we have any room to go back and really think about this? And I think that the the one thing I was going to ask you, when we look at these top ten, it's not just about writing down these costs. It's really about, I guess, thinking about these problems in a different way than we're normally used to. How how do we go about that? And I can imagine that this is a I mean could you could you teach a half day workshop on this particular subject or is it a bit shorter than that uh
1: it it definitely can and it's um uh, for me so it's a half day with clients that i go through it takes half a day to go through the 148 areas generally the most common question i'm asking to each line on the P L, what are you doing there and when did you last review it yeah the common thing that keeps coming up uh, and I was guilty of it, running hotels as well. In, in accommod- as accommodation providers, we're so revenue-centric. We're not cost-centric. Um, and when I ask my clients why, they say because I run out of time. I run out of time, and others have said I run out of energy. I know I should, but I don't get around to it. I, I, I have to focus on revenue, I have to focus on my price, and I have to focus on my occupancy. I don't get the time for the cost. So that's why I put up this simple idea of grab your top ten. That's where you get the biggest impact. But also it's to encourage people to do what they know instinctively they should, but they didn't get around to put aside half a day to do it um, and it will pay dividends. And it's it's questioning each area. Labor uh, is around 60, 65 percent of our costs as accommodation providers. Do I have to provide the level of staffing that I'm currently doing to get the same result? Is my staffing efficient and effective? How long should it take to clean a room and how long is it taking to clean a room? Do we have a target time to clean rooms? Do I need to be open till eight o'clock or could I close at six o'clock? Et cetera. Do I need two people on every shift? Or do I need two people on 75% of shifts? It's really questioning everything that you're currently doing. Do I need two sales and marketing people or can I get away with one and then do a little bit more online and social media and outsource that? Um, Can I bring some of my accounting in-house rather than outsource it? Do I go to an insurance broker to price my insurance? Or do I just keep going with Joe Blobs down the road because he's a good bloke, which I often hear from my clients. I mean, he's a lovely guy. I trust him. I trust him. <laughs> but they've, they haven't priced since since they've uh, first engaged that particular contractor. So question everything. Think of every opportunity that could be different and, and be fully open to it and explore those possibilities.
0: Two more, two more to go. Let's uh, let's keep going. And this isn't a reflection of the the, the value of the content. Uh, this is I okay. can keep on going. I just... The
1: next one is one of okay. the top five areas that absolutely brings money in. That over probably sixty to seventy percent of my clients aren't doing. I didn't do for a period of time, and I I, uh, I regretted it. It's a big, this will bring you tens of thousands of dollars, Babel. And it will challenge your, your mental psyche from a customer centric. Recoup your credit card surcharges. The banks are charging us,
0: okay. for
1: every time a customer pays by credit card, the bank charges us and the ACCC reviewed and made it lawful for us to recoup that money. For a 45 room hotel, Uh, That's uh, $20,000 a year. Uh, It is lawful for you to recoup it. So uh, the bank charges you 1.5%. You charge your guests 1.5% for using their card as well. It is totally above board. The ACCC's got all the wording. Um, Very few operators do it. Uh, Meanwhile, they're paying other businesses, um, credit card surcharge fees and, and other fees. Um, I just did a presentation at a conference and I went to the ATM, Uh, Bart was part of my presentation show me the money and i give money away to an audience member. I took $20 out of the ATM and I was charged $2.90 to take 20 bucks out, so I don't carry cash anymore. Mm -hmm. We got all these fees again imposed on us, but hoteliers either haven't thought of it or go, I just don't know how my guests will feel about it. For a 45 room hotel, how do you feel about 20 grand straight onto your bottom line every year? And most of your competitors, uh, or a lot of your competitors are already doing it. And if they're not, they just hadn't thought of it. I really encourage you to, even if it challenges you and you you feel your customers might question it. uh, I've had some clients that have said, Mm -hmm. we just can't, there'll be complaints. I said, just trial it for a week. None of them have regretted it. So that's straight to your bottom line. And that's a that's a very interesting one. And I think that
0: this is a big uh, it's a kind of like a cultural shift which has happened particularly in Australia in the US. It's pretty solid and be there for a while. Uh, tipping tax surcharges and everything like that. I think even in the US, from what I'm hearing from everyone, it's got a little bit too long in the tooth now. That the customs are starting to get a bit shitty with it. Just going, come on, you know, like it, whatever that cost was at the start, now it's almost triple. And you know, uh, I saw a post from from a friend of mine, and all of a sudden, a burger and chips is, is uh, no, a burger and a drink is thirty dollars. So, so that it can add the other way. But um, I think uh the negative repercussions aren't going to be significant enough especially in this day and age to 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 have to worry too much about what yeah we're talking
1: one and a half percent i booked some tickets to a show and i was paying three and a half percent as a booking fee uh unfortunately it's become part and parcel but again it's law where the the government has determined uh almost that we should Recoup that expense the banks have imposed mm-hmm. on us, uh, and we're welcome to get it back. But then, if you feel a bit uncomfortable, what I say to my clients: offer your you, your guests an alternative. You can pay by cash, or you can pay by a debit card, mm-hmm. or you can EFT in advance. So give them options. So and that mm-hmm. that sits a lot more comfortable with yeah. with uh, my clients and operators.
0: There you go. Money in the bank. Money in the
1: bank um okay what's next the fifth one one, it seems so obvious uh but again very few businesses do it uh when i did it i had a property in regional south australia that did really well monday to thursday inclusive did really well saturday but not friday and sunday we put a 50 percent off second night offer to our guests that stayed on a saturday night uh, if they're there on a Thursday stay on a Friday if they're coming on a Monday we'll come on a Sunday it's so obvious we increase nearly 10 percent our turnover for the year by discounting the second night where we have these vacant rooms to, makes more efficient your cleaning costs guests have a better stay better economic benefit to your town and the region that you're in it's a win-win win-win-win but very few do it's a the secret for us in doing it was wait till they book the one night, don't put it on your website, and then you ring them. Then go back to them. You give them a call. Notice that you book Saturday night. Would you like Friday or Sunday for 50% off? Do the personalised bit. We had a conversion of about 40-45% would grab the extra night. It was huge for us, uh, lifting the occupancy on those shoulder nights.
0: And if you uh, want to automate it, you can as well. The tools are so good nowadays and the automation side of it would be either to send an email, but you can also send them a text message. Text messaging automatically is so easy nowadays. What you do is you just connect it through to your PMS. Uh, If the PMS doesn't have that functionality, then you use Zapier or some sort of tool to then send out an SMS message saying, hey, you're checked in for X day. You can get a fifty percent off on the on the second night, and it can it can definitely automate it all for you. And there's just so much money on it. This is probably one of my favorite ones um, in terms of just the simplicity of the task, uh, and especially if you automate it, you don't even need any extra. You know, it's 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 a few hours worth of labor actually to figure out, um, and then you're. It's you a great point. The money. other
1: reason, uh, if you do call, we would upsell a room as well. So we're not only trying to grab that shoulder night, mm. we knew that we were discounting the second night by 50%. So if we can upgrade them at the same time, and they pay for that upgrade fee, then we lessen that discount value. Uh, so so that, that was quite a popular one for us. And the, the final one, but it, for me, uh, it's a bit like weight loss. You need to set a target. It's uh, We need to set target. Mm. very few um, uh, businesses, especially small and medium, have a budget or a target, at least have targets for income, what you're targeting for your occupancy and room rate each month. If you don't have a target, you're not aiming for something. Uh, what What is great performance? What's poor performance? So set those targets, check yourself against those targets. Did I actually achieve that for that particular month? And if you didn't, then it's apparent you've got to have a strategy. How do I counter this and make it up in the following month? And I think a lot of small, medium businesses, they run out of time, but also I think they feel that's only for bigger properties. Well, it's not. Any accommodation provided down to an Airbnb running their own property, I I met with someone recently, I said, what's your, your target occupancy for the year? And they said, to make money. And I said, well, what occupancy does that equal? And I said, my gut feel you probably need to be north of 30, maybe 40% to make money. Why don't you set a target of 50% and aim for it? Yeah, but then what am I going to do? Once set that target, then you'll work out what to do uh, and you'll get active around it. So controls are critically important uh, if you're going to protect profit uh, and uh, strengthen it off the back of all these other initiatives.
0: Yeah. I funnily enough, there's actually an episode that went out recently exactly on this and there was a property management business went from one property and they're doing uh, 30 million pounds a year now. So substantial growth, And you know, just a family that that's kept in growing and investing and, and, and building. And they said that a huge part of their growth was the, the KPIs, so the key performance indicators, um, the targets basically. And one of the things that he said is pick the top three to five and start working on those, because you can't have a thousand targets that you're trying to tackle at the same time. But I mean, this is how they do it anyway. They have three to five, they go and they tackle those. Once they've kind of figured those out, then they, they'll add Yeah, we, we
1: said, and I think you had questions uh, at the conference, you had a query regarding it, a big, hairy, audacious goal. Having a hag and uh, Jim Collins mm. talked about if you can chase one number and be laser-like after, it has to be humanly possible a stretch target to achieve if you've got that one number and everything else feeds into it so uh, for my old group that we ran we had the number 16 that represented a couple of different things for us and we chased that figure for five years uh, to achieve it we got there in the end fortunately just before covid um, and with that laser light focus on that stretch target Again, I use weight loss as an example. Someone might go, I want to lose t- two kilos. Okay, we well, aim to lose five and you might hit two. Don't aim for two. You might you, you probably won't get there. Have that stretch target. And then well, how am I actually going to get to that minus five kilo figure? Uh, what are the five things you're going to do to get to that particular point? We did that with chasing 16 mil and um, it's... It, it becomes a driver, it becomes uh, you become laser light because it's a, a very clear objective. So, yeah, KPI is a great one. Yeah,
0: yeah you, you figure out how to do it. I remember, um, as I was putting together the conference and figuring out the numbers and how many people to come, my sponsors would constantly ask, Oh, so how many people are you going to have? I'm like, I'm going to sell out. They're like, what, what do you mean? It's your first one. I'm like, I'm going to sell out. That was my stretch target. Uh, we got, uh, 80% of the way. So I was pretty, pretty, that's I was disappointed. I was like, Oh, well, we
1: got so close,
0: but we, but that was, that was what our, that was my philosophy, but that was with knowing that if it's a stretch target, I'm going to push towards, and that's what I'm going to talk to. So when somebody asked me the question, that's where I'm going. I'm not going for the smaller number. I'm going for the big number. Um, and let's make it happen. Um, Wow. Wow, I have so many questions and so many thoughts. And it's just such high value content um, that we've created today. Um, the episodes longer than actually, it's probably the longest one that we've ever done, which, ha- which hasn't been a panel of five or six people. But I think that's a real testament to the value that I think that this will create for people when they need ideas, and they need things to focus on um, when there is turbulence in the air. Um, so, and I think it's a lot different when it comes from someone that's done this super practically and had success and uh, over the, your career. So, um, I'm really grateful for you to take the time with our audience and with me to share this information. Uh, what is the best way for people to uh, engage with you, to find you? And sure. So,
1: my website uh, is Loftus L-O-F-T-U-S. Businessadvisory.com. So go on to the website. Uh, I actually prefer people ring me. I'm a bit old school. Uh, so zero double four eight five one seven zero four zero zero double four eight five one seven zero four zero. Loftus Business Advisory, and yeah, I for me, um, I just want to chat to people. If I can chat to them find out really quickly where they're at and then find them the opportunity really quickly and then get an impact for them really quickly. So um, as I said at the top, my offering is a guaranteed return. Um, That's what I'd expect when I was a CEO running a hotel group. Um, That's what I offer. I think that's my, um, it's definitely my point of difference in the market. So a five to one return. Uh, or I don't charge you and um, yeah I offer to uh, uh, our our guests uh, watching this podcast um, a free 30 minute consult to chat about your business find out uh, if I can help if you've already worked everything out I'll I'll be honest upfront about that and say well good luck to you you've already cracked the code but if uh, if I can um, find areas to increase your profitability or at least protect it uh, when your costs have gone up probably 10 percent um, and i'm very confident i can uh, then uh, then i'd love to do it love to chat with you beautiful So, uh,
0: everybody, thank you so much for listening to the episode episode. Make sure that if you're on Apple, that you leave us a review. If there's any place you can leave a review, then please do now's the time to hit that subscribe button so that you can get the following episodes. That was as we release them. Mr. Owen, thank you so much for joining me and doing this episode. I appreciate your time, your knowledge, um, and your your good spirit as well. It's been a lot of fun, and I look forward to Thanks so much, in the uh, Bart, and uh, thank you to your
1: listeners. Thank you. Uh, Bart, and uh, thank you to your listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Have a very good evening.